Welcome to Simply Us. Welcome back to the Simply Us podcast. I'm Sue. And I'm Erin. And we are so happy to have you join us today. Today, we will be discussing how to get ourselves into the posture of listening to the Holy Spirit. And to illustrate, I'd like to just share a story about Autumn, our youngest daughter, when she was young. So when she well, was young. she's your youngest daughter. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, our meaning Don and I. But yeah, she's my youngest daughter. She's actually a full-grown adult right now with a husband and a little sweet baby named Roland. But when she was young, she had been reading through the Harry Potter book series. And she was completely captivated by it. I mean, who wasn't? If you've got those books, you love those books. (laughs) That's so true. She loved those books so much that she went to all the movies. I don't know, Erin, if you were around during this phase in her life, but when she went to the movies with her friends, they all dressed up as one of the characters. I remember. (laughs) Okay. So her mind would envision her favorite scenes. And then with like childlike glee, she would gather all her friends over to the house and then they would reenact those movies or those stories. (laughs) They spent so many hours creating the perfect costumes, storylines, and props. Her Harry Potter world didn't, um, it didn't even stop there because many mornings she would wake up with all these new adventures that came to her mind while while she slept. Do you remember that? Do you remember her coming down? And I remember her? her dreams and they were full of Harry Potter-esque things. Yeah. yeah. She, would be, she would be so eager to share those stories with me and maybe uh, you too. But what I realized I was doing is I wasn't eager to listen to them. Mm. Now, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I would just check out. I wouldn't really hear a word she was saying. My mind would be far from the world of make-believe and deep into my reality of life. Hello, motherhood. Yes, (laughs) right. So like I would think things like, what items do I need to get at the grocery store if I'm going to make dinner? In fact, what am I even going to make for dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. I would think about those chores that I had to do, even like what phone calls I needed to make. You Mm -hmm. know, you get the picture, right? I did everything but listen to the one who was longing for me to hear and she w- who was sitting right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Sure I've experienced it that now with the kids, right? Even this morning, I feel like God in this season of uh, being home and I'm on maternity leave, which there's this natural rhythm of like, what's next? What do you have? And I feel like God is constantly pulling me back to enjoy what's here. Enjoy right now. Yeah. Like what's right in front of you. Yeah. Okay. I totally stay, get that. Yeah. Stay in the present. Mm-hmm. So I just thank God because he opened my eyes and my ears and he showed me that what I really needed to do was become a better listener. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. like, how do I become a better listener? I just think it's a practice and training. Right. And I had to get myself in that posture to listen to what she was saying so that I could understand her, get to know her and the way God designed her. Mm-hmm. And because I love her and I value her, value her for who she is, I wanted, to, I needed to make her center stage. Wow, And I think that's such a powerful word for me, center stage, because mm. that's like she was performing, right? <laughs> she was in her make-believe world. And I needed to let her be up on that stage and be your biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was huge for me. It really shifted my paradigm, just knowing mm-hmm. that um, that's what God wants in my relationship with him. He, if I value and love him, then yeah. I would come alive to the fact that he's right here with me, longing for me to listen. Mm. he's been communicating continuously 
I just didn't know how to get myself to that place to listen. Yeah. So I could just think of no better way to get to know my friend, my father, than to start spending time getting to know him. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I just began to practice my positioning myself. Mm. I just tried to make it my routine to share my heart and then just quiet myself to listen. Yeah. I wanted to be able to recognize and become familiar with what he sounded like. So, because many times I thought I would understand and then I only to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing that became obvious to me right away is the fact that we, you know, I couldn't put that in a box. Right. You know, I can't expect him to think like I do. And I can't take every nudging from him and put it through my filter and take the promptings literally because his ways are higher than mine and his thoughts are often mysterious. I, I just came to realize that my only job is to humble myself and get myself into this posture of listening so that I can be ready to act when his ways for me become clearer. And right. so I think it's from this place of a postured heart that we, Aaron and I, want to share our practices with you, the listener, in hopes that if you haven't already begun to posture yourself to listen, this conversation that Aaron and I are having will ignite you to want to. And if you already do, our hope is that our conversation will encourage you to just keep at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think today we want to get into... Uh, some real practicals so that you guys can just things we've learned and tried along the way and failed and worked so that you guys could get yourself and join us in the posture of listening. So do you want to dive into the first chunk of it, mom? Yeah, sure. I think um, when I was just really hungry to learn and know everything and I would read books and I would listen to podcasts and I stumbled upon the book of Habakkuk because and in Habakkuk, I know. That crazy, is one you kind of have to stumble upon. <laughs> yeah. And, and he is a prophet, right? Like, so he knew how to listen to God. Yeah. So it was like, I was hungry to learn. And I also stumbled upon this guy named Mark Verkler. Mm-hmm. And Aaron will put it in the show notes for you. But he wrote this key calling or this book called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. And so I took his four keys and then adapted them to become my four keys. So they're a little bit different if you get the book. They're a little bit different, but they, they're basically the same. I just worded them different. So, but what, what we find in Habakkuk is that in chapter one of Habakkuk, he spends like his whole time. If you ever, you know, want to open up the book of Habakkuk and read it, the first chapter, he just like spends the time complaining to God about the injustice that's happening all around him. You know, he's saying things like, oh, that's what you said? That feels so relevant to now. Right, right. He wants us to be honest, right? We right. talked about that in episode two, and that's what Habakkuk does. Yeah. He says, I can't take it anymore. Do you see what's going on? Why aren't you doing something? You know, yeah. he spends his whole time. And then he does something extraordinary. I read Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. I'm going to read it to you because uh-huh. it just blew me away. He says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. So the first thing I realized that Habakkuk does is that he gets himself still. The first key is be still, quiet yourself in the Lord's presence. He, he says, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go up to the watchtower and I'm going to station myself there. So with all my heart, you know, I wanted to hear God. So, and to understand his promptings like Habakkuk did. 
So um, what I did, I made it like my full-time job to do what Habakkuk did. He said that he climbed up into a watchtower. He went somewhere quiet above the noise. So I, I just uh, can imagine like Habakkuk in his date time that he was down, like down in the marketplace. It was like pure chaos. I'm sure there were people talking, animals bellowing, construction happening. You know what I'm talking about, right? It was noisy. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He pulls himself up uh, away from the noise and physically takes himself, takes himself somewhere where he can think. So that's what I decided to do. I decided I ne- needed to create a space where I could think too, where there wasn't any noise and where I wouldn't be interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you guys tease me because I decided, especially dad, he teases me the most. I took this verse math from Matthew 6, 6. Like I took it literally. It says this, when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Hmm. So based on that verse, I created a space in my house in one of our bedrooms. And yes, I call it my secret place. And and even to confirm it more, I had read another book by this guy named Bob Storge entitled The Secret of the Secret Place. And I adapted my time in this room from his insights. You know, because Mm -hmm. in reality, the secret place is inside of us where the Holy Spirit and our spirits are intertwined together. But to actually practice and become aware of this, I needed to get myself into that room. Right. Mm -hmm. For me, when I started this practice, it was doable because of the stage of life I'm in. I had time to get up early because I'm an empty nester. But one new event that's taken place recently that I am very, very thankful for that um, what happened is your sister, Alyssa, and her little family, they moved across the street. And so my time in my secret place has had to move to an earlier time in the morning because those little ones can come crashing through my front door at any time after they wake up and they're ready for their day. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the idea is to make time, to find time, and just practice being still. Right. Yeah, because I think my hope was and it still is to this day that I will just be so good at hearing God's voice when I'm in my secret place that when I walk out the door of this bedroom into the chaos, I'll still be able to hear. I love that because I yeah. think that's true of anything like what you've practiced in the quiet. It just makes it easier when you're not there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I get in there, I'm just going to share with you some things that I do once I'm in there. And then I really want, you know, you to share some of your thoughts. on yeah. it too. I just, I'm a practical person. Application means everything to me. Like mm-hmm. it's like, I want to know how to do it. And not that you guys have to do it exactly like I do or exactly like Aaron does, but what we want you to do is just to figure out like what works well for you. So, but when I want, the first thing I do when I walk in here and I did it again this morning, cause my mind was oh, all over the place. I really feel like the enemy was just trying to get me already this morning. So I just come in. The first thing I say is, you know, God, I want you to please silence the voice of the enemy. Mm-hmm. that's trying to just attack me, the voice of the world, and even my own thoughts. And I just ask for it all to be quiet in Jesus' name. And then I just ask him for focus and clarity. I know I just want him to, um, I ask him also after that, just to like clear my mind of distractions, both on the inside, you know, those lies that are going around in my head, and then outside, just, you know, if the noise of the day. So if thoughts come that are things that I'm supposed to do, I, I like jot them down on a separate notebook to do later. So like I'm not distracted and not like thinking I need to do it right then. Mm-hmm. I write it down so then I can forget about it for a moment. And I actually turn off everything. 
you know, your dad has the TV going all the time around here. He <laughs> loves his news, right? Right. So, but I turn off the TV. That's why I come into this space. I don't even turn on music and I love worship music and praise music. And I do turn it on eventually. But when I get in here, the very first thing I want to do is practice what Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. Because I want to learn how to be still. So I sit here and I try to be still. So then not only do I want to still my mind, but I also want to quiet my soul. Psalm 62.5 says, find rest on my soul in God alone. Only in him will I be able to find the rest my mind, body, and soul is craving. Mm -hmm. So at this time too, the huge thing I do right away is confess, which is just telling God the truth, right? We talk about it all the time, but I confess my unbelief. You know, the unbelief or the doubt that I have that God's going to show up and speak. And Mm -hmm. it happens every single time. Like I have to confess it because every single time I feel like the enemy is there saying, you're not going to hear. I don't know why you think you're going to hear. So I just confess that to God. And then um, I just go on from there because I know without a doubt that God honors our honesty, doesn't he, Erin? Yeah, I mean, it's what we've been talking about. So what about you? What what do you do to get yourself into that posture to listen? Yeah, no, I love all the practices. And I think I'm learning too a little bit, a few things that I'll take away and put in my own practice from you. But my season of life looks really different. And in fact, I just made a huge transition from um, two to three kids. I felt like with the two kids were old enough and I was in a really good rhythm and I could, I am an early riser and I would get up before the kids and have extended quiet. And um, I would get even chunks in between my work day. I would have, you know, yeah, my office too. We'd spend time connecting with each other and with God. So I, I felt like I had, I work for a church. So I felt like I had a ton of time. Uh, and now <laughs> it looks really different. I went from feeling like I had rhythms and my, life under control to like, now I'm in a new chaos and I covet the mere hours hours of sleep I get. And I can't adhere to what was. And I think if you're in that season or phase, you can mourn what was, and it's like sad, like, I don't get that anymore. And I think there's, it's okay to say that out loud, but I think even in telling the truth and saying out loud that I, I can't get up early anymore. And when I am getting up early, it's, to do um, connect with other women and things like that. But my time looks different. And now God has shown me where I can connect with him in the pockets of stillness throughout my day. And Mm. I I think when I started praying and we started discussing what we're going to talk about in this episode, I really wanted people listening to feel a sense of freedom because in my old patterns and the negative patterns that I had, I would have allowed like guilt or shame or even comparison of what my mom was doing or what my friends were able to do. Um, comparison, my connection with God and their, my perception of another person's connection with God would just put guilt on. And I said, I yeah, feel like good. God is saying, no, like throw guilt out the window because it's preventing you from being here with me. And even in this season, he is here, he is present. And like Autumn was just waiting for you to look at her. He is just Mm -hmm. waiting for me to connect with him, however it looks. And I kind of had to, I love that you said we can't put God in a box because I think he, and even the time we spend with him, the way 
or what it looks like, my expectations need to go out the window and I just need to look and ask him, when can I go? When can I connect? And I, I actually did have this conversation with God and during of like, okay, how do I connect with you? What do I focus on in this new season of life? And he like gave me priorities in my head. During a oh, prayer cool. time, he said, I want you to be a mom and a healthy whole individual and a great wife. You need to make sure you're getting your sleep, discipline yourself to go to bed early. You need to drink your water and you do need to read your Bible and journal. So I felt confident in how I'm structuring my time and my day um, to accommodate those three priorities he gave me. And in the past, I would have let the guilt rule my life and I would have used unhealthy patterns to compensate for that guilt. And I think God was telling me, like, I want your entire self to be healthy, your mind, your body, your spirit. If it's not these three things, it can go on the back burner for now. So right now I'm using pockets of stillness throughout my day. Um, I have little moments, um, like right when I wake up uh, and I feed the baby, I'm usually all alone in the quiet of my room. And instead of picking up my phone to scroll through Instagram, mm-hmm. I try to have a quiet conversation with God. Um, and in the evenings, uh, if we're not, Jordan and I try to spend time together, but we can't always maybe we just watch one show and then I take a long shower and I pull out my journal and I get something hot to drink. And that's when I would have had my time. I don't love it at night, but it's like, I just, I have to forgo reading a fiction book or watching another episode (laughs) of TV. And I know that's hard for you because you do like your books and TV. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I know, but I, all I'm saying is I encourage you listeners to ask God to open up your mind and give you new ways of thinking of your time to connect with him and use these things. I love going in and saying, still my mind, God, but the actual time and space, ask him, God, where do I need you to meet me in our daily routines? Give my, bring to my mind times where I can connect with you long and short and many pockets and extended pockets. And I know he'll open your minds up to new ways of thinking. Um, but yeah, that's what I think, but I do, want, <laughs> I, I do think it's so good for our listeners. Cause we all are in different stages of life. Yes. So just asking God to give you a new way to think about like what to do and then, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. That. Well, and I want to take a second look at this for the second, look at the second part of this verse. It says, and I will look and see what he will say to me. So I love the second part, our second point, our second uh, thing we're going to take away key. from this key. Oh, sorry. Key. Our second key um, mm-hmm. is so interesting. He is not saying he will just listen to see what God will say. He's saying he will look and he'll see what God has to say. Could yeah. we actually, this is like mind blowing for us. Could we actually see an answer instead of just only hear an answer? And mom, I know this was all a part of your journey, but what other places in the Bible what do you feel like authors write about this seeing instead of just hearing? Okay, so like the second key then is to be looking. So the yeah. first was to be still. Watch the that one. <laughs> you okay, you know, mom, I'm a rural follower. Okay, <laughs> so we're to look with pictures while we pray. So I really went on a journey like, okay, Habakkuk is saying he's going to look to see what he will say. And then I wondered, mm-hmm. wait, are there other times in the Bible where it talks about this? So Psalm 16, 8 is David, and he is saying, 
and um, 16, 8, I saw the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. I will not be shaken. So I started to think, was the Lord Jesus actually with him Mm -hmm. or did he visualize him? Did the Holy Spirit help him visualize him in his mind? And so that got me thinking. And then I went to Hebrews 12 too, what says this, it says, keep your eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You know, I've pondered this for a long time because in order to keep my eyes on Jesus, I, I'm it's saying I have to be able to see Jesus if I'm going to keep yeah. my eyes on him. And I love that because God has given us five senses. I teach that. I taught that for a long season of life, five senses. And it's like, why wouldn't, I don't know, see in here. Why wouldn't we utilize all of it? If they're a gift, our senses are a gift from him. Why wouldn't exactly. we utilize all the senses to see him? That just exactly. popped in my head. No, that's good. That's so good because we're going to talk about that in our next episode. Yeah. About Today we're talking about like seeing with our eyes and using our, our minds to visualize and see. But yeah, it goes to all the other senses. And <laughs> we want to encourage you to listen to the next episode because we're going to talk about what that looks like. Yeah. So but for today, for looking and using um, our senses of our eyes, like to see, I decided that I was just going to literally again, try it. So I put two chairs in my secret place. You know, you've sat in it, right? Right. Well, what, well, when you're not here and my other family's not here, um, I, I, of course, am sitting in one, but I picture Jesus sitting in the other. And oftentimes I'll just see an impression of him. Like, I just want you all to understand that when we ask for a picture of, and we ask the Holy Spirit to give us pictures, you know, sometimes for me, it's just more like an impression, like, a, you know, I can't see fine details of him. Sometimes I might not, um, I might see his body, but his face isn't real clear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might just see his hands or his feet. And I just let the spirit lead me. And whatever comes to my mind, that's just what I go with. Because mm-hmm. I'm asking the spirit to, to guide this time and give me that vision. So literally sometimes I'm sitting in my chair and I'm looking across at the other chair and I'm talking to him. And sometimes, man, when I'm in that deep place, I might just be laying at his feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. And other times, another thing I do um, to try to look to see, to see him is I have a large window in my room. And other times I might just stand in front of that window and just visualize God on his throne in heaven. And I know the from Isaiah, I think it talks about the train of the robe, his robe, you know, flows. So I just envision God on his throne in heaven and the train of his robe is touching the earth Mm -hmm. and that I, and I'm just in awe of them that believe that because of Jesus, I have access to the king, to the sovereign king who sits on the throne because Colossians 3, 2 tells us that we're to set our minds and keep focused habitually on the things above, not on things of the earth. So those are just some little pockets of things, little ideas of things that I do when I get in here to get myself um, to become aware because we're already in the presence of God, but it's mm-hmm. us. It's like our mortal bodies. We need to just become. And I think God gives us a uh, scene and pictures to help us become aware of his presence. Right. His presence is here, but we need to become aware of it. So what about you? What do you do? Yeah, I a little bit different. It's so funny. Like we learned this differently, my mom and I. And mm-hmm. I, I often will picture God in my everyday places too. Um, but another girl that I went to church has kind of taught me this, and it's more like when I feel like I'm in the middle of a difficult situation, where like 
something with the kids is hard or or even I think back to like a time when when we did foster care and there were so many unknowns of like is this child going to stay or not stay and um I would or where I would call out to God and be say like God where are you and I'd actually physically picture in my imagination I have this it's such a funny picture but I had this picture of I I said that for Kenny and and I was like, God, will you, where are you with you? Are you going to protect Kenny and uh, my son? And I just got this like image of him almost as a soldier. And he was a black man. It was so funny. I don't know. I said, where are you? And, and um, he was standing at attention protecting Kenny while he was sleeping. And Aww. it's in times like that where I think I, I more go to it in times of fear as, as a place of comfort. Like, Show me your presence so I can be comforted and know that you are here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it makes me cry. <laughs> oh, you're in. So, I don't know. It's, we have um, coined this term like oh, as a holy imagination. Yeah. And so often, like, I use my imagination for those what ifs. And foster care was a definite time where that ran wild. Oh, yes. mommy needs some time. Kenny, shut the door. I'm recording something. Mommy needs space. Shut the door, please. Thank you. Wait, take Moses. Kenny, get Moses out, please. Thank you. And don't come back in, okay? Thank you. Okay. I, I, think, we like it. I think we should leave this on there so people can see. <laughs> All our days can be discussed. <laughs> uh, Um, but so often I would let my imagination run wild and it happens at night for me. And I would, when I was a foster parent, I would stay awake at night, imagining someone to come. And I mean, this is so complex because, but I would imagine what it would feel like for them to come take the children and that would leave my house. And I'd vividly picture cries and I would imagine the entire situation, like what it what the child would be doing, what I would be doing. And I felt like God was saying, stop, (laughs) stop using your imagination, your creative energy, the thing I have given you to picture things negatively. Um, And instead use it to connect with me. And, and he gave me those beautiful pictures of him, like standing, no matter where I was, he was always going to stand present, protecting them and with them close as a, as a comfort and a present. And yeah. I just, I love in the use of the verse in Ephesians 1.18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you've been called. And so the negative use of my imagination did not give me hope. No, the it's... use, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I was not filled with hope. I was filled with dread and worry and um, anxiety. But the use of this holy imagination to picture God as a protector standing through the night. Mm. Oh, you guys watching them. It just felt like hopeful. Like, okay, even if my worst fear happens, even if they leave me, I won't, you know? Right, right. Yeah, because he's spoken to you so powerfully through that picture of him over your children. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, because of this verse, and 
I want you and myself to ask God to open our eyes to our hearts so we can see how he will answer our worries and our fears through pictures, through the circumstances all around me, and even through his word. Mm -hmm. Um, As you go to connect with him, ask him to open the eyes of your heart so you can see how he sees and he can give you uh, comfort that only he can give and fill you with hope. Right. Because I think those tears that you are crying are tears of relief. Like, oh, yeah. God, that I don't have to stand at guard trying to, to, you know, push back all the, all the lies on my own. You know, like I don't Mm -hmm. have to try to be his protector. You were never meant to be that. God was meant to be that for him. Right. So, like, the tears are, I think, a sense of relief and awe that God is God and he is standing guard over your children. And, you know, like, whew, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. For good. Yeah, I would. I would agree. That's probably sweet relief. <laughs> so yeah, as we are ending our time in this episode today, we would love to practice that using our holy imagination to have our um, hearts enlightened so that we can know the, about the hope. Pray that. Well, wait, let me say that again. Okay. <laughs> as we end our time today, we'd love to practice using our holy imagination. We've done this before in previous episodes. So I do want to remind you that when we are listening or looking for God, he will be someone you easily recognize. He won't be condemning. His words and pictures will align with his character. And even his correction is so gentle. So my, as I was Thinking about how we wanted to lead everyone through this prayer, my inspiration came from 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And the author of this, uh, these verses refers to smoke and mirrors and how those things might stop us from seeing what is true, God truly has in front of us. So often I find myself being unable to be still or see God because it feels like I'm in a fog or distracted or I'm unable to decipher right from wrong or up from down. So I try to use my holy imagination to get the clarity. So I want to invite you guys to do the same with with this prayer. And we're going to use our imagination to picture things. Um, Does that sound good with you, Mom? That sounds great. Okay. Let's go for it. Yeah. So I'm going to just pray and I'll lead you guys through it. And I'll talk a little bit through the prayer, but grab your journal, grab your notes on your phone. I talked with my friend and she's, she shared with me earlier this week, her prayer from the last episode and what God showed her. Um, really? A couple friends reach out. Yeah. And it's been beautiful, but she was doing dishes. So she was oh. trying her and I, <laughs> we talk about, we were both in the same season of life. And she was like, I was doing dishes. So I was trying to listen and God still gave her something really beautiful. And she yeah. can go write it down, open her voice memo, speak it out loud for later. We're going to talk more about that, but um, go ahead, write it down. Remember God's voice is gentle and loving. It's going to align with the Bible. Um, and it's going to be true. Um, and something that gives you hope doesn't give you anxiety or worry. So I'll start praying. And if you guys, it's just going to be three questions, um, that we'll kind of go through and that'll end our time today. So Um, God, we love you. We want you. We know you're here, but I ask that you would make us more aware of you being here. 
And I pray that um, the listeners in their homes, in their cars, in the rooms that they are in, that they would be aware of your presence. And they, this would be an opportunity to know you differently and to use our, another sense they may have it before. So guys, I, if you're listening and you're participating, I want you to picture yourself in a, in a place that you want to spend time with God. I said he'd show you a room or in your home or in the outdoors or uh, a chair he wants you to sit in, um, your own secret place. And if you don't know where it is or where it should be, ask him right now, God, where do you want to meet me? And I, and I want to, if you, if you can get there, get there right now. If you can't, I want you to picture yourself. What will it look like to be in that room, to get yourself ready? But now in, in this next moment, this is where the smoke and mirrors come in. What is getting in the way? What is the smoke that's preventing you from seeing and spending time with God? What are the mirrors that are distracting you or reflecting something that isn't truly a representation of him? What what is getting in the way of you seeing and hearing from God? What does it look like? What does it feel like? We say to confess literally just means to tell the truth. So say it, write it out loud. What are the things that are preventing you from spending time with God? Does he not want to meet you? Do you just not have the time or the emotional energy? Are you afraid of what he's going to say to you? Do you not believe he wants to speak to you? And why? You don't have to have the answer. You just have to say it out loud. What is keeping you from him? And as you confess, as the words leave your lips or as you write them down, imagine your confession, those words, clearing the smoke and shattering the mirrors. Your declaration, your confession, your honesty is going to break and clear those mirrors. And in this moment, now we're going to receive the truth from him. Your honesty has broken mirrors and cleared fog. And I want to know, what do you see now? What do you hear? This might be a time where you say, okay, God, what do you want me to know? And his words of truth are going to be affirming and uplifting or super practical. What does he want you to know about taking time to be still and to be looking? What are the smoke and mirrors that uh, might keep you from being still? Are they guilt or shame, preconceived notions about what your time should look like? Now I want you, as we've said it out loud, we've spoken our fears, the smoke and mirrors have been cleared. I want to imagine you yourself being moved towards him and truth being spoken over you. Is he going to give you something really practical, like my three priorities? Or does he just want to speak words of love over you? Does he want to ease anxiety and just show you his presence is in your home and your place and near to you? 
Or does it want to give you something, a next step? Yeah. Amen. Got it. Yeah. Amen. I just want to seal it really quick. I don't know. God, we pray that this truth will be remembered, that it will not flee or be forgotten or be second guessed. But in your name, God, I pray that it will be written on our hearts and written on the hearts of the um, individuals who have listened to this episode. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Oh, reading us through. Of course, uh, you led me right, you know, I went right there with you in the prayer. And so I just want to share as uh, we close out, just it was so cool when you said mirror. So interesting because when we started this morning, I was all over the place. And so I felt like I really had to, you know, go talk to him so that I could actually become aware of his presence because it was hard for me even this morning. And so when you said, the mirrors, it hit me. The lie I was believing was all I saw reflected in the mirror was myself. Mm. And I was just so consumed with my worries and my concerns that I wasn't able to see Jesus at all, right? Mm-hmm. And you look in a mirror, that's who we see. And so when you told us, you know, to give him that, I realized what I was trying to do is the lie is that it's all up to me that I have to control this day. All the things that we have to do, that it's all on me to control. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I told him and gave him that lie, Jesus shattered the mirror, mm-hmm. completely shattered. And you know what? He was standing right there behind the mirror with his arms open wide. And he said, come follow me. And I jumped up into his arms and he was cra- cradling me in his arms. And he was just saying, you know, comforting me. You know how you feel when mm-hmm. you're in your mom's arms and your father's arms and you just feel at peace. It was like right. peace came over me. The mirror was gone and I was in his arms and he just was giving me affirmations of how much he loves me. Mm-hmm. Every part of me, even the part of me that worries and has anxiety. He's like, I love you still, you know, mm-hmm. it was not conditional. It's unwavering. It's forever. Yeah. And boy, what peace that gives. So mm-hmm. that's beautiful. All, and I hope all of you who listen that your experience with your time with Jesus was incredible too. And um, if you're stuck in any way, please reach out to us. Like if you're having a hard time visualizing or having these pictures, we just don't want the enemy to um, make you feel like you're less than or Mm -hmm. start uh, whispering lies to you that it doesn't work for you. It can work for you. So please reach out to us. Please DM us. Please um, contact us and let us know. And we would be happy even over the phone to pray with you. Of course to help you in any way we can. Yeah. You can get in touch with us on our social media, or you can leave us a message on our website, which is simplyuspodcast.com. So we're going to wrap up our episode today. This has been episode three uh, or four, excuse me, episode four. Um, Please, if you've enjoyed the episode, share it with your friends um, and leave us a review on where you listen to podcasts, your reviews mean so much to us. Your feedback gives us just gives us excitement and it's fun to know who's on this journey with us. So please, please reach out. Um, yeah. Any last words, mom? No, I think you, you said it all. Just um, so thankful to have you here and we look forward to next time. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.